to the Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes or so we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Jane Payton who is one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider. I'm not talking about beer and cider though today, Jane, sorry about that. Mm, oh, actually, I'll just actually go no, then. I think we will a little bit. Yeah, let's. Um, so you are a certified beer sommelier and author of numerous books on the subject. We're going to be talking about celiac disease and gluten-free. So actually, beer will come into that, I think. It will. Will it? It will, because um, most beer has gluten in it. But cider doesn't and wine doesn't. There you go. Um, we've got two experts joining us today. Uh, Sarah Wren of Oscar and Bentley's. Hello there. Hi there. And Kerry Clare of Kerry's Bakehouse. Hello. Now, these two ladies are just lovely. They are givers par excellence. Yes, they walk feeders. In I can tell they're arms feeders. full of goodness for us and goodies and gorgeousness. I know. Look at it. So we're going to describe it because we can't possibly eat it all. We might have to do that afterwards. Um, but the most beautiful things filling the studio. Do you want to do a bit, quick bit of a description, Jane? Yes. Well, we have in front of us a box of sweet loveliness. We've got a cream egg scotch egg, which will be fantastic when yeah, I does, get to eat it. It does look so, like a scotch egg, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. Yeah. Absolutely. And I wouldn't have known that it was a sweet no, one had, no. had uh, I not been informed. We've got a um, cupcake with a mountain of creamy loveliness and some of those little sweet pearly pearl, sugary pearls. Very, very pretty. We've got a donut, a classic round donut. It looks like we have a brownie there. We have some lovely fruity something. Kerry, tell, tell us what we've got. We, we have um, some bread pudding. It's one of our most favourite um, items of sale. Yeah. Love bread pudding. And then what's the one with the, the lattice work icing on it? Oh, that is a cherry and almond oh, uh, I love that. lattice. Yeah. I love that. And then you brought wonderful Victoria sponge cake, coffee and walnut yep. and delicious savouries. Quiches. Quiches sausage and rolls. pies, sausage rolls. No. So we've just got a feast. <laughs> and then we've got brownies as well. Brownies made by Sarah. Yeah. Well, before we go on for a little bit of a tasting, let's do some serious stuff first. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about um, celiac disease. So so first of all, celiac disease, ashy, is a serious condition where your immune system attacks your own tissues when you eat gluten. So this damages your small intestine, so you're unable to take in nutrients. And celiac disease can cause a range of symptoms, including... Tiredness, diarrhea, vomiting, nerve damage and severe abdominal pain. You know, it's a really serious thing. If gluten is eaten, these symptoms can appear literally within a couple of hours. Um, And it's caused by an adverse reaction, uh, basically to gluten, which is a dietary protein found in wheat, barley and rye. Now, you can tell me about 
gluten-free drink. But as far as gluten, you will find it in, in foodstuffs like pasta, pizzas, cakes, breakfast cereals, most types of bread. But meat, fish, fruit, vegetables, rice, potatoes, lentils are naturally gluten-free. Where are we on the, on the drinks front? What about spirits? Spirits, no, because uh, if they have a cereal base to them, you shouldn't really have them. Although, um, because it's been distilled, it's not as much there, but people usually don't. So vodka, gin, whiskey, brandy is made out of grapes, so that would be no problem at all. And wine's okay? Wine's okay, great. And what about beer and cider? Cider's fine because it's apples, but beer, if it's made out of barley and wheat then no. You can make beer out of millet and sorghum and buckwheat and rice. It's really expensive. It's also a very niche market for brewers. But what you can do is you can deglutinize your beer. And that is done by you make the beer as you normally would, and then you add an enzyme which filters out all the gluten. Now that has to be um, approved by the, the celiac organization they yeah. society they have to samples have to be sent off to be proven and so it's it's expensive and tricky you see the thing is if you if you do have celiac disease you know sometimes it can be a, a very small number of parts per million that that will actually uh, cause you to have some some terrible sort of reaction um so it is, it is serious and that is very different from choosing gluten-free as, as, as a lifestyle choice or, or because it makes you feel bloated, you know, whatever. There's no cure for celiac disease and you have to follow a gluten-free diet because effectively that's the only thing that helps control your symptoms uh, and prevent the long-term complications of the condition. About 1% of the UK population have some form of the disease uh, and basically it means they have to avoid gluten for life and, and that is that is the only treatment. Now, when you know when you talk to celiacs, they will say because they can be so ill that when they go into a restaurant, they have to feel confident that it's being handled properly, and that the stations in the restaurant, for example, are completely separate. So there's no cross contamination whatsoever. So, for example, if you were to butter some toast, put your knife in the butter, uh, and and you know with with normal bread, and then you do your gluten free bread, and you put your knife in the same butter and and spread that. That's enough for somebody to be to be ill and possibly um, hospitalised. So Sarah, Oscar and Bentley's, you run. Is it a completely gluten free restaurant? It is indeed. Yes, completely gluten free. So in a way, is that is that easier to handle? Because actually, basically, what you're going is we're, we're just going to do the whole thing, and so there's no cross contamination issues because there's no. It's just not allowed in the building, basically. That's basically the, how it works. Yes, I mean we do still have to be careful because um, we have on occasions suppliers will try and send a slightly different product, so you always have to check the ingredients, make sure things haven't changed that way. Um, But yeah, we're basically entirely gluten-free for that reason, um, so that people are actually safe and there isn't any cross-contamination to worry about. And that must be such a relief to somebody who does have the disease, because they can literally walk through the door and be so happy. They're not worried about trying to pick up whether people are taking it seriously, they're just paying lip service, and they can literally... I mean, how, do you get people who are oh, we've so had people chuffed? Cry. Um, I, I can imagine. <laughs> we've oh, had I can people cry. And we've had people, I mean, certainly before the last two years, we had a lot of customers internationally who um, we had a group of six ladies used to come over from um, Belgium every six weeks. And bless them. Yeah, they were just sort of, we know it's safe. They had to get on a boat, come over, spend the day in Canterbury, wow. have lunch and go home. 
Um, mm. And that is the sort of dedication that customers will go to mm. to know they're going to a safe place. Yeah. And, and Kerry, so you, you don't run a restaurant as such. It's more of a, it's more of a bakery. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, all of your products gluten-free too? Totally. Yeah, we don't allow any gluten on the premises at all. There's just there's just no point. People like myself that can't eat out regularly, you have this worry that there will always be something or the staff don't know what they're doing or accidentally the chef's made something with a bit of something flour or a bit of it in the air. You just, you just can't take that risk. And I know that if I eat gluten, I am very ill. So why on earth would I want to do that for my customers? So, yes, yeah, a total no-no from me as well. So, so let's, let's just um, understand what gluten is. So if I'm, if I'm making bread and, yep. uh, and I'm, I'm needing some bread, mm-hmm. it does have that elasticity yeah not very good at saying that word <laughs> elasticity. elasticity to it and 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 that's what the gluten is it's, it's all it makes it all sort of stretchy yeah. and, and, and it's like it's a glue, glue. it's yeah. like yes yeah, like a glue that holds the ingredients together when you take out gluten how mm-hmm. on earth do you then bake things oh. because because it <laughs> will just crumble carefully yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very carefully um there's lots of different techniques that you can use um lots of different proofing styles um lots of other ingredients that you can add in to replace the gluten um you just have to be really aware because a typical example i made a loaf of bread for a very lovely cafe not too far from me and um i actually forgot to add the correct ingredient in and my bread looked amazing like this huge great big loaf and then when i went that just to me doesn't look right yeah and i went oh no i forgot this so i cut it open and the whole loaf in the middle had half a half a loaf inside the loaf if you understand it's a huge air bubble and you know i could have kicked myself but you know it's one of those sometimes you do it when you're busy etc so so um, Perry, is it just trial and error work a lot of it is yeah because then when you find something that works you keep, stick with it you do not change it yeah. you might make adaptions you know in a year or two's time when you're com- comfortable and confident enough to say right let's experiment let's play again let's bring on a new product um, but yeah when you've got something that works well you keep it especially with gluten free products so, so, so with your bakery uh, we're talking about you know sort of replacing something that's bread ish yeah. what you consider to have bread or, or with pastry yeah so, so what how do you I mean, pastry is flour, mm. <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, well, how do you how do you make pastry that's that's gluten free? A lot of hard work and dedication. I would say tell you what the ingredients are, but then you know, no, everybody, secret. Every, everybody secret. would be taking my secret, and then I might have to kill everybody in the room. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, again, it's hard work, it's playing. I've probably spent about two and a half, three years making my pastry. I used to make three different types of pastry. One for the meat eaters, one for the vegetarians and one for the vegans. And now we've just nailed it, it's all vegan. So so you've just, so, so effectively what you're doing is you're just saying, I'm going to make it good for everybody and yep, then nobody totally. has to worry. Yeah, exactly. What have we got in front of us here? It's a, it looks like a quiche. Uh-huh. What you is it? You have a Stilton red onion and spinach quiche. And that is your short crust pastry it is indeed. which is vegan it is amazing Jane, do, do we need to have trial. a little sample yeah. of do me a quick trial yeah. um so again not only do you have to get the texture right you've got to get the mouth feel right yeah it's it's got a it's got to have the this flavor nervous bit, Sarah, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we taste all sorts of things <laughs> we're getting big nods i, I think it's going well then. okay <laughs> So mm. yes, Stilton red onion and spinach. And again, when you use Stilton, people wouldn't assume that cheese has any gluten in it. But the, the process where the Stilton is made, um, a lot of the water content actually does hold gluten in it. So just to let everybody know, 
be aware when you are buying Stilton that it hasn't got a, a gluten content in it, so you will need to check your ingredients. Mm. Now, so you wouldn't know, would you, eating that no quiche? Clue. You have no idea. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know. Absolutely no clue. So and there's nothing like missing from that at all. You get no. the mouthfeel, you get the texture. It's Yeah, we delicious. try and keep um, all the ingredients as, as plain and basic as possible, and then sort of uh, we add different um, herbs and spices as and when necessary for certain things. So, But what, what I was interesting here is, is the, the pastry is really crumbly it's mm. beautiful i would never know and what i normally find with um gluten-free pastry in particular <laughs> is it's very pale it can, it can be. be very pale yeah, which be. this isn't look it's gorgeous on the top you just wouldn't know Absolutely i haven't managed not. to eat any yet because obviously well you're talking well, you're, 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 talk. I'm, I'm food you're talk yeah. brilliant and um, now your your sort of challenge is slightly different sarah in that you're running a restaurant yeah. And so you've got starters, main courses, desserts. Um, how are you handling that? Do, do you very specifically choose what would be on the menu, you know, knowing that, that, that it's going to be, you know, gluten-free possible, I would say? Um, yes, to a degree. We, we basically have one rule is that if the food doesn't taste how it would with gluten, i.e. what people would expect it to taste like, mm -hmm. then it doesn't go on the menu. And that's been the sort of the ethos from day one. So, for instance, we've never put sandwiches on the menu because they would taste like gluten-free sandwiches. And that's not OK. I mean, some of our customers have got no idea that we're a gluten-free restaurant. We've got a lot of local customers that come just because we're a fresh food restaurant with chefs that actually cook real food. Mm. And you, it's a challenge for sure. But yes, we, we only put things on if it tastes as it should or better. And that, that then leads you to a, a dilemma um, if you're doing your marketing. Do we market this place as a gluten-free restaurant? <clears throat> so, as you said, some people will literally come in and cry when they come to you. Yep. Or, or do you just say, no, we're a restaurant? And you might read like at the bottom of the menu, oh, everything's gluten-free. Yeah. It's quite a dilemma. It is a dilemma. It was a lot harder when we started because, as far as I'm aware, we were the first um, totally gluten-free establishment in the UK. So it was very challenging. And we did have some negativity from people who instantly thought the food would be, oh, it's horrible, it's funny, mm -hmm. there's something wrong with it. So what we've tried to do over the years is market in two directions on the one hand we market as a local restaurant family run fresh food local produce and on the other hand on the gluten-free um areas of marketing we obviously promote the fact that we're gluten-free and allergen-free um we started gluten-free very soon discovered that a lot of people have got multiple allergies mm -hmm. and so um the majority of our food is dairy-free as well but the way we work there's no background dairy in any of our food so if we put a cheese slice on a burger then yes it's got cheese on it but yeah there isn't that worry about cross-contamination of dairy because our basic recipes don't have anything in um, and we're very careful how we manage that so a lot of people have um, problems and uh, who are celiac uh, uh, um, are lactose intolerant too they the two go hand in hand yeah. so so i would imagine that quite often they come in and, and it's it's it, both those things Often. Yeah. <laughs> so on your rest, on your menu, for example, I had a quick old look at there uh, this morning. I was thinking, oh, actually, I fancy some of that. So you've got flatbreads and you've got things like beer battered fish. Mm. How, you, how do you get chefs? How do you recruit chefs who, who will know how to do that? I mean, Kerry's, she's just explaining, you know, it's taken her three years to get yeah. some particular recipe. How do you recruit around that in, in the kitchen? Um, we don't ever recruit looking for a gluten-free chef right. because that, 
You won't find one. No. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking for rocking horse doo-doos for that point. So it's very much about having a lot of processes in place. Um, we work to recipes a lot. So, we, I mean, obviously there are our own recipes, but mm. um, to make sure the product is always consistent, no matter um, who has cooked it. That's also been quite useful looking at sort of new ways to run the world because the old-fashioned way of running a restaurant where you had people working 78 hours a week and burning out and all the rest of it, that's just not acceptable. So we have only one full-time chef now and everybody else is either between two and four days a week. So actually that's giving a really good work-life balance for people mm. and the fact that they can come in and everybody knows all the recipes are there, they've got all the allergens on them, all the ingredients, they've got laid out places where to find them. It, it makes it easier for somebody coming in new to the business to be able to walk in and go, oh, okay, this is easy, I just follow that. So essentially what you're saying is is, is you're, you're taking the individualised you know, bit out of it for the for the chefs, and 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 of course they've got their own skills and their own backgrounds. But what you're saying is this is the processes, this is where this is, this is how. So you're narrowing down all the time the chances of of, of anything going wrong. So because actually, what you've done is you built a system. Yeah, I would say the system is vital. Um, but the lovely thing about how we run our restaurant now, we have we actually have about seven chefs who work various different hours, and it is very much a group work ethic so different people will come at different times and say I've got this great idea for a dish why don't we try it which is what you want which is what you want and so there's a very big creative input from every single person who works in the kitchen and sometimes from those that don't work in the kitchen as well I mean it's again it's encouraged it's a team effort what we do and so you know the front of house staff will sometimes be I've got an idea and we all go how can we make that work? Yeah, sure. Which is lovely. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a collaboration of people that love food. And Kerry, the back of your your sort of you know retail space, whatever, are you doing the same thing? Is it just you in the back there? Is it? There's oh. a few people. No, it used to be just me in the back there, but <laughs> you've become too successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, it's it's really hard taking on new people that haven't got an idea about gluten or any allergies intolerances at all so uh, like Sarah said you have to have a system in place where you have um, detailed um, recipes detailed instructions of how to do something Um, you know when you say something like don't over mix seriously don't over mix silly little things like that that you have to have in place so that if somebody was poorly or you know at the moment heaven forbid covid um and they were often someone had to come and replace them for the day or or, or whatever they just slot in basically they literally slot in follow the recipe and they know there isn't anything that they can't do because it's it's literally given to them and it's not that we haven't tried and tested it ourselves um i wouldn't I regularly make myself poorly because I have to test all my products before I put them out like yourself. You wouldn't want anything going out that you wouldn't eat yourself um, anywhere else. So, um, you know, and my staff eat my food. They have to. You know, we're not allowed any gluten products in the premises, so they're not even allowed to bring a sandwich or their own lunch. They have to eat our food. So, you know, they give everybody... opinions they say right that might do a little bit of this or perhaps we'll try something else or have you thought about doing that oh i saw that on the telly the other day and you yeah. know they, they do bring really good ideas and we play with them so and, and how's it going down in in, in a deal where you are ah. um, um what's you know what's the general reaction to, again do people come in and going i really like that cake I come in and then not even realize it's gluten-free or or are you then promoting yourself as gluten-free free a little bit of both 
A little bit of both. A lot of people are amazed when they come in and and when you say, no, we're totally gluten-free, we work from a totally gluten-free kitchen, the same as yourself, they get really excited, sometimes they cry, they scream. (laughs) Um, And you get your regular customers coming back and and we have people travelling, you know, from London and Edinburgh and whatever because they're doing a a route of um, places to visit and they know they can come and see you because they're safe Mm. and you know we chuck people with Sarah's laying did you realise did you realise this Jane that you know there are some people out there that are so you know they can't go out with confidence Um, can you imagine it being quite emotional yes I mean both of you have said that your customers have cried that's extraordinary must be such a relief and if they don't live near you, then they just have to keep coming back, well, don't they? Yeah. Which is good for Kent. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you get your fair share of, of regular customers that come in and they're your regulars and they'll come in and you sort of know their insides and outs and what yeah. they're doing for the rest of the week and everything else. And that's absolutely fabulous because it's it's nice to sort of build up a really good relationship with your local customers. And then obviously when your newbies come in and visit you, they then again become your ambassador customers mm. yeah, and they're yeah. fantastic yes yeah, it's, it's really good it's a really nice sort of feel and community so, so you've got a massive range of stuff here uh, oh. um from i mean uh, it, it's a shame it's radio in a way jane i <laughs> so mean beautiful. It's, it's so so beautiful um so, so um in in terms of of you know the, the things that you're doing yeah somebody's coming all the way from london yes and, and they made a real can you actually freeze some of your stuff does Crikey, that yeah it's all made fresh oh, wow. so you can take it and freeze it. There's only a couple of things that I wouldn't freeze. But yeah, it's it, like it's fresh ingredients. Why not? So if somebody I, could really literally come and load up yeah. as, 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 oh, a, yeah, as a they CEO. Do regularly. Yeah. They come in and they come and have something to eat and they say, right, can we have our takeaway? And I say, yeah, of course you can. And they <laughs> take, take away like two, two, maybe three big bags full of stuff. And it's yeah. obviously depending where they've come from. Can we freeze it? We're here on holiday home. Can I take some of it? Can I put it in? The, yeah, yeah, of course you can. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and can you buy it online and have it delivered to at home? The mo- at the moment, it's in the process of happening because we're having our new website designed. So that process is there because we've got our online shop very, very soon. And we will be offering um, some of our very far away customers a postal service. So you have to watch out for the social media info for that. Sounds very good to yes. me. Now, Sarah, um, we're already coming uh, towards the end of the programme because things go so quickly here. You've bought something for us to taste. I have. So it's quite difficult to bring restaurant food in. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, so, right. I'm actually, I was a little bit disappointed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we were expecting beer, beer battered fish and chips, <laughs> weren't we? Yeah, yeah, fish yeah. and chips just wasn't going to work. So I actually bought you some brownies in just because I know everyone loves chocolate. They oh, do. And they look gorgeous. It's a hardship, isn't it? They're just little mouthful size. Well, not my mouthful because I've got a massive mouth. So I'll, two mouthfuls. So, Jane, sizes. you go for it. So you're going to have a little bit of a taster. Have, have a little nibble. Yeah. Uh, so tell us what's, what's in, in those. Um, so they're basically gluten-free brownies. They, they have lots of beautiful chocolate um, and just gorgeous brownies. Basically just chocolate. Just chocolate. They are just chocolate. You would never know. You, you just get this hit of chocolate, sweet, these big though. lumps. Sweetish. No, 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 sweet. but they don't, it doesn't oh. finish that horrible sugary sweet. Oh, no, no, not really. at all. No, no just proper chocolate. Finishes as a moorish sort of, oh, I need more, so I will. Oh, no, yeah. massive lumps of chocolate, which just give a lovely luxury to it fantastic now one last question which i know jane will want to ask because she she has absolutely got her eye on this and she i there's a fork there she will stab anybody that goes anywhere near it because she's definitely going to take that home what is that amazing thing that actually looks like a scotch egg what's Uh, what is in inside okay so um it's a, a, a cream egg 
one of the ones obviously that you can eat that's sweet um and we've made our we make our own brownies so a bit like Sarah you make your own um and um we sort of encase the cream egg in some um Chocolate fudge brownie. Oh, so what do you, what do you mean by cream egg? I don't As in, you know, um, you can buy Cabris like, little, like a Capri's cream egg. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> we make our brownie. So we then make the brownie to look a little bit like a patty. Oh, like so a, you co- and oh, then you cover it as, cover it as, over, as yeah. if you would a bit like a scotch egg. And then obviously we've um, whizzed up a little bit of... Uh, Biscuit and rolled it in to make it look like a bread. So inventive, isn't it? You're going to have that tonight in front of the telly, aren't you? Because we've talked to producers of Scotch eggs before, and we once spoke about a hash. No, what was it? The the um, hog, ham hog, ham hog, and a quail, a quail's egg. Wow! Yeah, it doesn't look that dissimilar from the outside. No, absolutely. Don't don't be fooled, ladies. Please, yeah. (laughs) Please don't put it in the oven. No, definitely (laughs) won't. And and then just finally, your top selling product? <gasps> oh, yeah. Wow. You wouldn't, well, you may not think of it, but um, it's just a basic bread pudding. So People love bread pudding. Oh, it's, it's one of our best sellers. It's, it's actually really easy. Do you think it's make? because um, in terms of gluten-free, people are so deprived of bread, the fact that you could get a bread pudding? Maybe. Possibly. Like, yeah. Maybe. Okay. It's, if I'm honest, it's not my favourite. But it is everybody else's. But it is everybody else's. It's comfort food, isn't it? It is very much a comfort food, but I I can't eat um, uh, raisins or currants, unfortunately. That's that's why it's not my favourite. We can. (laughs) We can. And then just finishing off with you, Sarah, favourite thing on the menu that gets ordered more than anything else? Well, surprisingly, it was always fish and chips. It's been fish and chips for years and years and years. And in the last few months, our katsu curry has taken over. I had that the other day. It was very nice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, we, yeah, we do a chicken katsu or we do an aubergine katsu for our vegan customers. And it has actually outstripped everything now. Wow. Because I could imagine again that, that to get proper batter, if you're gluten free, would be very difficult. Oh, fantastic. Yes. And it's very a difficult, difficult thing to achieve. Yes. And also because, as you were talking about at the beginning with the gluten free beers, um, we're very fortunate to have Western Brewery in Kent. I know them. I've been. I've been to the brewery. He's celiac, isn't he, Robert? Yeah, and they're they're brilliant. So we use their beers to make our beer better. Yeah, very good. So just before we end, any chance that you might be using Kerry's cakes on the menu? Look at those. They are gorgeous. (laughs) And then you wouldn't have to bother making them. I have to say, well, it was the quiches that got me. (laughs) I think think the quiches uh, definitely would look lovely on our menu. Definitely. (laughs) We're going to have a little chat. (laughs) I I think you absolutely should. So, um, so... For dinner with wine. Absolutely, yeah. So thank you to Sarah Wren, and that's Oscar and Bentley's. Now, if you are anywhere near the Canterbury area, you should be booking in. Thank you. And if you're gluten-free... Obviously, I mean, what could be better? You will be in heaven. Uh, so I can just go online. The menus are on there. I had a quick yep. look this morning. Um, so please do check that out. And you're right in the middle of the town. So right you can go center. shopping, have a look around the cathedral, little punt up the canal and, uh, and then go for some nice lunch. And Kerry, uh, so it's Kerry Clare of Kerry's Bakehouse, and you are in Deal. I am indeed. Again, Deal is a lovely place. It is right by the sea. Right by the sea. So again, if you're out on a day trip and yep. you're, you're you've got any gluten free mates, or not even if you're not gluten free, really, uh, go in there, load up, take a suitcase, fill it because <laughs> it's extraordinary stuff, isn't it, Jane? It really is. It's extraordinary you, stuff. Um, and uh, we will do links on uh, our website so you can you can find where these uh, lovely ladies are. Thank you once again. What do you think of that, Jane? Oh, heaven. Absolute heaven. 
and there's some of that quiche left over, which I'm <laughs> eyeing up. Yeah, yeah. So as you do the sign-off, I might be you just might having just a little dropping. nibble. Yes. Thank you once again. Um, we are syndicated to radio stations across the UK and further afield. And um, you can get us on Audible, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes and the podcast app on your phone. Um, thanks again to Jane and the lovely people at Producing Kent. If you want to recommend any future guests, someone doing something groundbreaking in the food sector, get in touch with Simon, our producer, by emailing him on hello at foodtalk.co.uk. Don't forget, we've now recorded over 300 podcasts on topics from snail farming to gin make everything, everything. So go to foodtalk.co.uk and you can download those. Um, have a good week. Bye-bye. <laughs>